the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dr. David Anderson, senior pastor and founder of Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland. And I am so glad that you are tuned in now to our new special Saturday edition of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. You're going to hear conversations from recent talks where I've connected with radio listeners just like you to help them build bridges of reconciliation, race, religion, relationships. Are you ready? Let's get started. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, and I have Pastor Tyrone Richmond with me. He's a pastor out of Cleveland, Tennessee, and Pastor Richmond, welcome to the show. Dr. Anderson, I am elated to, to be here on this day. Thank you so much for the invitation. Absolutely. I've heard so much about you, your dreams, your vision, your desires, because I'm the chancellor at Omega Graduate School, and people have been telling me about this pastor, Pastor Richmond, who uh, has been studying me and, and my ministry of, of gracism and racial reconciliation. Come to find out that's your heart as well, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Um, God has uh, definitely did a, a work in me, a, a transformation in me. Um, and uh, I see grace all over the city of Cleveland, Tennessee, mm. uh, right now through the lens and, uh, and and through God's perspective on 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 how grace is to be administered in community and in in, in society. How about that? And so, uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry. It's called Grace International Ministries. Yes, Grace International, we started two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord spoke with me and my wife. We were uh, attending a uh, another church doing some mission work, mm -hmm. and uh, the Lord called us to go back to our home church, which was a larger church, mm -hmm. and um, we had conversation with the pastor. Uh, we told him what we wanted to do here in the city of C Cleveland, and with open arms, they invited us back. Matter of fact, and they gave us space. They mm. gave us room uh, to to start this mm. uh, multicultural church. How about that? Wow. And why did you want to do multicultural ministry? What was the Lord saying to well, you? Well, one of the things is is that um, it, it's a biblical mandate. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if heaven is going to... Uh, uh, look multicultural. Mm -hmm. uh, why not the church down here on earth uh, mm -hmm. there? The Bible says in heaven there's going to be all nations, all languages, all mm -hmm. tribes, mm -hmm. all together. And so I was just tired, uh, Dr. Anderson, of uh, 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 black and white, mm -hmm. uh, especially mm -hmm. in the deep south uh, there. So yeah. uh, I wanted that um, uh, that face to change. Does it uh, does it touch your heart as a, a black man in the South to think about multicultural ministry in a different way than you think it might touch the heart of your white counterparts? Yeah, yeah, I I would I would think so. Um, we have uh, uh, again been fighting one another, mm -hmm. you know, left and right. I mean, basically a boxing match mm. uh, uh, there. And the only thing that can bring 
uh, bring us together, I believe, is, uh, is Christ, mm. uh, the Christ that lives in us, mm. uh, the gospel of Christ. Yeah. Do you bring your own personal hurts to the table, though? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we welcome that because mm-hmm. um, healing can come from that. Yeah. You know, we, we, we need that dialogue. We, mm-hmm. we need that conversation. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yes, we, we, we welcome the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, it, it may be hurtful. It may be painful yeah. uh, uh, there. But uh, uh, we serve a God who, who, who is able to, to, to ease the, the, the pain and, and bring yeah. us together. And let me push it even a little bit further. So you have white folk that say, listen, we've talked enough about race. That was in the past. Why don't we just go ahead and serve Jesus today and move forward? Do you uh, uh, sense that that could be a, a barrier to true multicultural ministry? Or would you agree with that? Just, you know, kind of let's sweep under the rug what happened in the past. It wasn't me that held your people enslaved or whatever. Uh, how, how do you how do you respond to that? Yeah, well, we have to <laughs> uh, we have to confront the past. Yeah. Uh, you know, when. Uh, 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 the, uh, the the children of Israel uh, came up to a uh, a, a Red Sea. Uh, uh, there with nowhere to go. Uh, they had to look back because the past was coming up against them. Mm. Uh, there, we we have to go back and 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 look at our our our, our past because uh, there is a rich history there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, and so we. We've got to even teach the the next generation. If we Mm. don't know our past, we cannot move forward. Mm. Interesting, interesting. And so if we're going to move forward together, how do blacks and whites in the South, along with maybe other groups, whether Hispanic or Asians, but how how is it different than the rest of the country? And if so, how do you move forward together in the South in a multicultural way? Yeah, I think, um, uh, uh, first of all, dialogue with one another. Uh, Mm -hmm. Secondly, um, Getting the ministers and pastors even uh, to talk to one another mm-hmm. uh, uh, there re- relationally mm-hmm. uh, uh, there. And so I think those are key components uh, that God has pastors and shepherds here on this earth. And if we are truly the light to be the light of the earth, the salt mm-hmm. of the earth, uh, we definitely have to uh, uh, come to terms with one another uh and, uh, and, and and welcoming and, and accepting uh, one another based on uh, that we are all made in the image and likeness of, of God. Mm. And Christ has come into our lives and uh, transformed us. Huh, so he's trying to put together the salt and the pepper. Well, this- <laughs> uh-huh, okay, all right. He wants a little bit of both go. sprinkled together. <laughs> yes, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Hey, well, listen, even as a pastor, though, you thought, uh, well, you know what, maybe I need even more education. Mm-hmm. And so you were looking at Omega Graduate School. Tell us about that process. Yeah, well, it was a, uh, wow, a, a process in which um, I was hunting, I was searching. I just finished my um, uh, Master's of Arts in Church Ministries at the Pentecostal Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. And um, a good friend of mine who was also a graduate of OGS, Carl Ellis, Dr. Carl Ellis, mm-hmm. uh, I gave him a buzz, gave him a call. We chit-chat uh, there, got in touch with Dr. Ward 
and um, he uh, uh, just kept calling me day in and day out. Now, we, you're how, talking about Dr. David Ward, Dr. who was David one of the Ward. top professors there at Omega Graduate School. Yes, uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh. We sort of we hung out on the phone together, mm, you know. Interesting. So, uh, what did he say to you that convinced you to apply? Well, um, first of all, he, he talked about um, uh, the awesome research that uh, one can do through uh, 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 learning faith integration as yes. well. Uh, they're implementing your faith in a society and that uh, uh, there is not a secular and uh, uh, sacred world. Uh-huh. Uh, those two dynamics go together. Huh. And uh- I had to learn that because there were times if I saw a book that was in opposition to what I believe, I would not even put that, uh, pick that book up mm. uh, there. And so the, the joining first forces of those two components um, uh, made me say, wow, uh, this is a place where I need to be. Gotcha. And so did you feel like uh, it would be um, relevant to do research and study, even though you're trying to do reconciliation in the South between blacks and whites and God's giving you this vision uh, to do ministry? And yet here is a a school where you can do research. Did you feel like you were going to be able to integrate those worlds? Yeah, I believe so. Um, Looking back now, you know, and, and looking even at the life of Jesus, Jesus was a critical thinker, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the ability to learn how to step into uh, other people's worldviews, you know, and uh, I I had to do that. I felt that that was the uh, 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 that's what I needed to do. Hmm. And I think Jesus did that very masterfully uh, by asking uh, people questions yes. uh, and invading their uh, uh, invading their space yeah. a little, you know, if I can say. You yes. know? Yeah. So what do you think uh, you're going to do when it comes to your dissertation and your, your research there at uh, Omega Graduate School? Well, the, um, uh, the, the question that I have is um, uh, what is the challenge of promoting a multi-ethnic uh, church in a segregated society. Mm. And so that's before me right now uh, mm. there. And I know that can break up into many areas and everything sure. like that there. Uh, so um, I'm focusing on that right now. So you'll try to answer the question, what are the challenges? And maybe uh, for future research, maybe what are some of the solutions to overcome yes. those challenges, which I'm sure is either greater study. We need this kind of uh, research to help us all over the country, but especially in the South. Now, finances is a a big issue for a lot of people when it comes to to graduate school, but I understand that there are some scholarships available. Were you able to take advantage of any of that? I am working on one right now uh, Mm -hmm. there, and that is before me, um, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, receiving that. uh, Mm -hmm. But there are scholarships available um, and I am working on one right now. The one uh, that I heard you were working on is called the World Changers uh, Scholarship. You know, that scholarship is all about uh, bringing people like yourself who do research uh, to help them get through the program because at OGS, and I'm speaking as a chancellor here, we actually believe that you can change your world if you have the social research, research to be the power behind your passion and the power to fuel your purpose. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things um, going through uh, my collegiate studies, uh, uh, finances have always uh, mm. 
for some reason with me, uh, been a challenge. Yeah. Uh, but uh, God has always made a way. Hasn't he? <laughs> mm. And if he made a way for you, brother, I know he'll make a way that, for somebody else that's too, right. won't he? Yes, he will. God will make it. a way All somehow. <laughs> won't he do it? Yes. <laughs> he said he would. Yes, he did. Hey, well, listen, it's been so good uh, spending some time just getting to know you a little bit. Hey, listen, if you were to say something to God's people in the nation's capital, uh, and God had a word for them, what what would you say to them? Well, you know what? Uh, the most powerful verse uh, in the Bible, John three sixteen. Hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hmm. That's found in John chapter 316. Yes. How about that? How powerful is that? Well, thank you so much for the ministry you're doing. Thank you for the research that you are engaged in. And we uh, wish God's biggest blessings on you, Pastor Tyrone Richmond out of Cleveland, Tennessee, with Grace International Ministries. Lord be with you, my brother. God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Edison. Amen. Our world needs strong, courageous, integrity-infused leaders. People are longing for leaders who will unite rather than divide. You have influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit and learn skills to transform your community. The summit features high-impact leaders like Craig Rochelle, Devon Franklin, Danielle Strickland, and more. Experience the summit at Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia on August 8th and 9th. To register, visit globalleadership.org slash summit. Use the priority code radio. That's globalleadership.org slash summit. All right. Anonymous is in Alexandria, Virginia. Let's go there. Hello, Anonymous. Dr. Anderson here. How can I serve you today? Hi, doctor. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I need help because I don't know how to manage my son. He's all his life since he was a little boy. I saw he had uh, like identity sexual problems. Mm -hmm. Today, he's a 35 years old. And I adore him and I accept him. You know, I don't talk to him about this. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm hurt because I have to see him getting dressed like a woman, mm. using makeup. Mm. And I believe what the Bible says. It is what it is. And I don't want to reject him. But it's very hard for me. Yes, yes. Well, I'm so, so, I'm so sorry you're grieving and feeling the pain that he uh, is inflicting on you by really f being free to be himself and uh, by acting out this way, whether it's because he feels like he is in the wrong body as a m mm -hmm. man and a woman. That's what he says. Yeah, he probably feels like a woman, but he's in a man's body. Um, that's very difficult for him, and I know it's very difficult for you. And uh, what I think you'll need to do here, because he's probably not going to – um, change quickly if he ever changes. You've noticed it from the time he was a boy. And for whatever mm -hmm. for whatever reason, he really feels like he's a girl. And, um, mm -hmm. and part of it, I think you're just going to have to accept him as a girl and love him as a girl, even though that's your son. Now, it sounds weird hearing a pastor say it, but I know you love <sighs> your child more than you love the gender that they are. So whether they're gender confused, whether they're in sin, whether they are just being free to be who they are or believe they are, at the end of the day, it's still your child. And I think what you want to do is love your child uh, as he or she is. 
And it's going to be hard for you. But listen, you've had 35 years of this. Make sure the next 35 years you just spend loving and relating the best way you can, as well as grieving privately. Because you will grieve privately, you know, and there's nothing you can do about about that except, again, honor those feelings and, and obey them, accept them. Uh, not that they're your God, but if you don't allow them to come out somewhere, uh, you're just going to end up faking it. So it's okay to cry mm-hmm. about this. It's okay to not like it. It's okay to be confused by it and take it to God and say, God, I don't get this. But what you don't want is your son, who feels like a girl, to continue to be tortured by their own confusion. So don't add to it. Only thing I want you to add to it are your prayers. Other than that, I want I want you to act like it doesn't even matter anymore. I want you to just love on him or her. If if he changes the name, that's, that's he... exactly what I've been doing. But yeah. in private, I do yeah. suffer. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're doing it. You're doing it right. You're doing it right. And uh, it doesn't mean it's not Can painful. You pray for me. Yes, I can, and I will pray for you, because it doesn't mean it's not painful, and I know that it is. And so I want to I lift you up in prayer, and I want my uh, listeners to join me. Can we pray for you right now? Yes. Dear Heavenly I'm Father, I'm crying. that's okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we lift up Anonymous, a mother who has given birth to and raised uh, this son. She's tried her best, Lord, but we need you to do the rest. We need you to draw her child to you. And when that child comes to knowing and loving you, you change him the way you want him to be changed. So Lord, we're not asking you to change the gender or even the the behavior. We're asking you to change the person at the core of who they are. And then Lord, we pray that in the midst of all of that, during that transition, however long it takes, we pray for mama that you would give her strength give her patience and give her encouragement. Let her know that her child is your child and that he or she are going to be all right. And so let mama give this child over to you and trust you with this child. In Jesus's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. May God be with you, my sister. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Not easy, not easy at all. But you know what? You can choose to love your child regardless of their sexual orientation like she's doing and grieve privately. Or you can just make matters worse and try to change them and shame them and and all of that. And and let me ask you, how's that working for you? (laughs) I mean, for those of you who've gone down that road, okay, the reality is you got a lot of people who uh, feel like they are different. And whether it's a guy, you know, man's doing or the way they were born, we have to trust God with this and love people and let him do the changing. Uh, and one thing you want to make sure, especially with people who are gay, you don't want to make them uh, think that conversion means from going from being gay to being straight. Some people are m- more concerned that somebody converts from being gay to being straight than they are to convert to Jesus Christ. Just let Jesus do the work on people. Listen, he's still working on you, and you straight. <laughs> you know, he's still working on me, and I'm straight. So what we got to do is leave people with Jesus. Lead them to Jesus. Leave them with Jesus and love them like Jesus. Can I say it one more time before I go on to my next phone call? Lead them to Jesus. Leave them with Jesus and love them 
like Jesus. Let's go to Fairfax, Virginia, and talk to Anonymous, who's on the line. Hi, Anonymous. It's Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Hello, Dr. Anderson. Uh, thank you for taking my call. It's my pleasure. What are you thinking? Okay. All right. Well, last night, our five-year-old, who's about to be six-year-old boy, told us, uh, my husband and I, that he likes boys. Mm-hmm. And um, it really concerned my husband and I. Okay. But what really concerned us is that he had a sense of relief when he told us hmm. uh, because he was very nervous, mm-hmm. but he just felt like a weight was off his shoulders. Really? And um, I have, I know, at five. Hmm. And um, the way this all came about is that uh, at school they were talking about um, not keeping secrets and, and telling your family or your parents. If you have any issues, and we, we talked to him in detail, make sure, you know, there was nothing uh, that happened to him or he was exposed or anything because we, we try to be as careful as possible. And he said, no, nobody bothered me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just the fact that he said, I, I like boys. Mm-hmm. I don't like girls. And I've heard that some, of you know, some homosexuals know since they were very, very young mm-hmm. that they feel this way. Mm-hmm. So I have a two-point question, two-part question for you. Okay. One is, what should we do as parents other than love him unconditionally? Mm-hmm. And two, do you believe that prayer can change this? Well, a couple of things. First of all, prayer can change anything. Uh, and at five mm-hmm. years old, kids really don't know what they want or what they think they want. And so I wouldn't put too much stock in it. Now, when he's 15 and when uh, he's 20 and you're looking back and saying, yeah, I noticed this when he was five, that's one thing. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't start steering his life in a LGBT way. Uh, but I also no, would, right. wouldn't create an LGBT phobia in him. If I were you, okay. I would simply engage him as a boy who likes boys. And guess what? He doesn't like girls. Guess what? Half the kids you know that were boys at 5 and 10 years old don't like girls. You know, it, right. you know, it doesn't. <laughs> but they're not thinking sexually. All right. They're thinking, ooh, right. girls are ugly. Ooh, girl, I don't like them. They pull their hair. And so if we then come behind that and say, so therefore he must be gay, I think it's wrong because we don't know so, so much right now. We have to look in retrospect if this is really the pathway of your child or not. So I wouldn't be alarmed mm-hmm. because he shouldn't even feel shame over that. You should say, well, guess what? God made boys and God made girls and we should like everybody. You know what I mean? Don't even steer okay. it sexually. You know, and then watch them right. and develop them and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you can be in prayer, uh, but, you know, as he grows, he's going to learn what it means to be a young man of God. And if he does have affections for boys as he grows older, you can begin to see, okay, maybe this is uh, in some way, shape, or form uh, uh, moving in an LGBT direction. If you've not created a phobia, then he's going to know you love him no mm-hmm. matter what. But I'm saying you cannot confirm this yet. It's just like a child that comes to know Christ at age five. There are a lot of people who have made that testimony. uh, And some, it took. And it was real. Others, they were just afraid of not going to heaven to see grandma. Or their dog had just passed away. And so sometimes, you know, you don't really know until they get older and you try to help disciple them. And then you find some kids who are living like the devil and they're in their 20s. But they'll go back and say, but my mommy told me that I made a commitment to Christ when I was five. 
So I say, well, that's great, but I don't know. I wasn't there with your mama at five. All I know is you're not living like the Lord right now, so you better invite Jesus Christ into your heart right now. I mean, that's the way I would put it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And I think the thing that alarmed us was because he said he liked, he would like to kiss a boy. Uh-huh. And so that just really threw us off, like, what in the world? So he's probably being exposed. Um, and- he's probably being exposed to some things that are, and again, I don't know what they are. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, even if he would have come home and said, I want to kiss a girl, think of it like that. What would you say? Mm-hmm. What would you do? What would you and your husband say or do if he came home and said, Mommy, I want to kiss a girl? Well, I, I would say it's it's not time for you to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, we don't want you kissing anyone. Uh-huh. Right now. There you go. Uh, that's, you the, that's the way you yeah. want to handle it. Um, so teach him about, mm-hmm. teach him just the same way as if it were a girl, cause that will help you. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Because if you freak out because yes. he's saying it's a boy, it's going to send off all kind of signals and you're not going to give him the best kind of healthy loving that I know you want to give him. Just put it, put okay. it in the category as he's five. He doesn't have all the information. We're going to love him and guide mm-hmm. him in God's word. And a five-year-old boy that wants to kiss a five-year-old girl or wants to kiss his teacher who's 35 teaching teaching him his abc's right. and one two threes you still have to steer him right. what is the mature christian thing to do honey that's not appropriate uh you know what but one day mm-hmm. when you get married you know then you know we'll talk about kissing when you get older right. but right now you just kiss mommy and daddy on the cheek okay i mean literally mm-hmm. that's how you want right. to deal with them okay okay thank you so much dr Anderson. is that helpful to you it's very helpful, as always. I greatly appreciate it. Listen to your show every day. You've been listening to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, a ministry of Bridgeway Community Church. We would love to have you join us at Bridgeway in our Performing Arts Theater in Columbia, Maryland, for one of our three identical Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. Or join us online at www.bridgeway.cc. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson airs live weekdays on this station and is ready to take your calls. Tune in at 3 p.m. weekdays on WAVA 105.1 FM. We hope to see you tomorrow at church. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.